Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the Redeemed and Restored podcast. We're all be coming to you every Friday so that together we can intentionally discover the faithfulness of God, which is my absolute favorite thing to do. Every week, I'll bring you encouragement to see God working all things together for good. From scriptures to devotional excerpts to song lyrics to personal examples from my journey through redemption and restoration. Joining this community on a regular basis, where it's okay to be real and throw off our masks of perfection, will not only encourage you, but will motivate and stir your hearts and just possibly leave you forever changed. In times like this, we all need to be encouraged as we face the challenges, difficulties, and losses of this life. So I look forward to growing right along with you in authenticity and transparency as we endeavor to find the faithfulness of God in our everyday lives. So take a moment to write a review on Apple so even more people are able to find the encouragement you're about to hear. Each episode is broadcast on my YouTube channel before it's converted and brought to you in this audio format. If you'd like to get in on the fun and giveaways at my YouTube home, join me over there at Athena Dean Holtz for even more encouragement. So, hey, let's get started. Well, hey, everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to this week's edition of Redeemed and Restored. This week, I want you to meet a very brave dance educator and author. Her name is Mary Bowden. I met her last month at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. And let me just tell you, when I saw what she was doing and what her ministry was, I knew I had to bring her on here and introduce her to all of you. So you are going to be blown away by the work that she's doing and the eyes that she is opening. And I love this. Several years ago, Mary noticed a cultural shift around children's dance from healthy movement to harmful movement in adult costumes, choreography, and music. The realization birthed a mission to bring international awareness and education to stop the exploitation of children through hypersexualization in dance. That coincided with a vision to promote the art of dance and its benefits to children by creating educational materials, advocating for their safety and protection. In 2016, Mary founded Dance. It's capital D-A colon N-C-E, which stands for Dance Awareness with the tagline, No Child Exploited. Mary's passion is to give adults informed, research-based choices on the issue. She invites you to join the movement at danceawareness.com. Can I just say, you will not want to miss this conversation. So let's start that right now. 
Well, Mary, it is such a delight to have you on the Redeemed and Restored broadcast and podcast after meeting you at the National Religious Broadcasters. I am just so grateful that you had time today to be with us and to share your heart and your ministry because it is so important. So thank you for joining us today. Oh, it's a pleasure. I'm uh, so happy to be here. Yes. Well, you know, I would love to, because you've got a ministry that is really raising the red flags and saying, hey, we've got a problem here in the way that we are teaching our young women and young girls to dance. And so would you just provide some background on your own dance history and how you became interested in dance and kind of what your journey looked like? Sure. Um, I was a little girl that moved six times in my first 12 years. And all through that time, I begged my parents, oh, can I take dance? And uh, by the time we moved to the new place, got the new school and the new doctor and the new church and all that stuff, uh, there was no time for my parents to sign me up. But the day big came uh, and uh, I was 11 years of age and I started taking dance. And, you know, it was everything I hoped it would be. That integration of mind, body and spirit is God's idea. And that's why I have a bias about the art of dance being the best, the absolute best educational tool for children, because we tend to compartmentalize ourselves, and God knows that's not a good plan. And so dance does it. And honestly, I led a dance ministry at my church for over 20 years, wrote a book on it. And I think when we honor the God with mind, body and spirit, we're really in worship. And we're, uh, of course, told uh, that worship is a 24-7 entity. Absolutely. So you were you um, involved in ballet or what? Yeah, what I, area? yeah, I was highly trained in ballet in high school. And then after that, I went to the University of California at Riverside, got a degree in modern dance, and then later on got a master's in worship with an emphasis in dance uh, on behalf of my ministry and my own interest in worship. Mm. So what led you to write a book about Christian dance ministry? Well, I was led to write a book because I think sometimes we um, we love to move ourselves. But if we're in a um, church service and people are watching us, they have to understand what we're doing. And so I'm kind of a conceptualist when it comes to choreography. If there's a song about mercy or love or forgiveness, I think in some fashion, the movement on stage should reflect that message. And what I see often is very good-hearted people who love to move, who are just moving, and the words of a song are talking about mercy or forgiveness or grace or you know whatever it might be, and the movement has nothing to do with that. And mm. so then what happens is people don't get it. <laughs> they right. don't get the art of dance, or they don't get why we're having dance in church. So I wrote the book uh, to give people the tools uh, to um, structure a dance program at their church so that it would communicate 
at whatever level uh, movers they have. Sometimes people have low movement skills. That's fine. We can use the body as such a wonderful instrument in very simple ways to communicate a message. And we can use the body in more complex ways. If you're trained like I was, you know what a batmatandu is and a plie is and that kind of thing. Right. Then you use those terms and you create the choreography uh, to uh, mesh with your training, but you should have a message. It shouldn't just be moving while a Christian song is playing. I love that idea of connecting the yeah. message of the song with the actual dance that you're doing. Yeah. That is so powerful. Well, it's an educational base. Yeah. I, I have a secondary teaching uh, credential, uh, in the state of California. And uh, I also taught on the community college level. So I'm kind of educationally focused. What's the point of people knowing about anything if you don't give them practical tools? And that could be in, in the kitchen with cooking or anything we're doing. And so in terms of faith, we want to help people get it, right? We don't want it to be abstract or something so hard. I know you focus on uh, redemption. And of course, that's a beautiful, beautiful theme uh, woven all through scripture. Yeah. Yeah. So what does dance stand for? And that's your the name of your ministry. And I noticed there's a colon between the DA and the NCE. So <laughs> tell us what it stands for and why you are the founder. Well, uh, dance stands for dance awareness, no child exploited. It's the acronym spelling that I just gave you. Okay. And um, there's a colon in the middle because we go dance awareness colon, no child exploited. Very clever, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so um, it makes it easy for people to remember and understand. And uh, you just said, well, how did I get into this? Well, I you know, I'm a dance educator. I love dance. I, I was uh, choreographing and leading a dance ministry in a church. Um, my life has been changed and transformed by the integration of mind, body, and spirit into worship with Jesus. And I just began to see some things that were disturbing. Mm -hmm. uh, it first started when a young woman who I choreographed in healthy dance at our church when she was littler, invited me to a dance concert at her college dance concert presentation. So I went, I was all excited and I went and I couldn't believe what I saw. A lot of hypersexualized dance and a lot of cat calls from men. Mm. And I thought, huh, that's strange. Well, oh, well, it's an aberration. You know, probably it'll never happen again, or this is just odd. But I went the next year and uh, it was worse. Hooting and hollering. I'd never, ever experienced anything like that in my uh, educational journey in dance. And so I thought to myself, you know, these are um, young people over 18 and I can't really do anything about it because it, I mean, it disturbs me, but I can't do anything about it until I begin to see high school dance concerts of underage young people with the same material, junior high, elementary school, preschool. Mm. And, and honestly, it's gotten younger and younger and younger. And um, I just, God began to speak to my heart. And uh, I uh, 
I, I did a little checking and I saw that no one was speaking out. And I'll tell you, I, I really believe there's a lot of wonderful, caring adults out there, but they are very uninformed and uneducated about three words that are connected to dance. And those three words are the internet, the media, and the pornography industry. And they are making a lot of money off children and adults, but I'm circling my wagons around children. And uh, just normalizing what is not normal. And a lot of adults just don't know how to speak to this issue. They know something's wrong. Many do. But because they don't, they don't have the tools, the research tools, uh, people will say, oh, you're just old-fashioned. I think it's really cute. And they don't have anything to say. Or there's a group of adults that are pressuring dance educators like me to hypersexualize their kids because they've been trained and groomed by media, pornography, and the internet, just like their kids are, to accept right. it and think it's just fine. And folks, I'm here to tell you, it's not just fine. All the research uh, going way back when uh, keeps coming out and showing us how this is destroying children. Mm. So it's a very important issue. And it certainly is not isolated to dance. A lot of people think Oh, if I just take my kids out of dance, that'll solve the issue. The problem is the research says whether a child does hypersexualized dance in adult costumes, choreography, and music, or they watch it. Media, remember that word, media? So they see it on TV or in films, movies. They see it uh, on this thing with their friends at school. Right. Um, and so all kids are being exposed to adult sexual material, and it it is reaping horrific consequences on our kids. It and messes up their ideas of relationships and, and sex as well, which is a beautiful gift from God, um, and cognitive advancement, um, academic performance, all kinds of things are happening to our young people. And um, I just, uh, I have to speak out about that. Yes. So is, I would guess that with young children, when they see that, they mimic it. Oh, yeah. And right? uh, so it's, oh, they yeah. Realize what they're doing. Yeah. And the brain research uh, is, this is called brain, uh, mirror neurons. And uh, it groups children as well as adults run unhealthy relationships, but we are wired by God to imitate what we see. And so if a little person sees hypersexualized material um, and, and lyrics and costuming and all of the uh, accoutrements that go with it, they want to copy that. I mean, that's just how we're wired. And, and so, um, and, you know, it's, it's just gotten worse and worse. And I just saw a New York Times article that said uh, CSAM, child sexual abuse material, went up 70% in 2021. 100,000 uh, pieces of material of pornographic material having to do with children. So that's just in 2021. It was terrible in 2020. So you can see we have a big problem here of not only hypersexualized dance, but children watching it uh, and, and parents not being aware that even watching it uh, really uh, affects a child's development psychologically and uh, their cognitive development. 
Greenwise. So we uh, we have to step up to the plate. Yes. And uh, do some things and band yep. together and make some change. Well, and I would think that watching it, maybe their parents aren't having them do the, you know, put the makeup on and put the skimpy outfits and do the um, seductive dances. But if they're watching it, then it seems to me like they're being groomed. Oh, yeah, they are. For they are. abuse, sexual abuse, That's and right. all of that down the road. And you're right on point. A researcher named Philip Miller calls it corporate pedophilia, where we are grooming children for future abuse. And the pornography industry is making money off the kids. Yep. And so I often say to people, you know, I was protected. You were protected. We have got to step up here and protect our kids. And of course, I also use the terms healthy and harmful dance because actually the solution to harmful dance is healthy dance because it's the integration of mind, body, and spirit into worship that God has ordained. And, uh, you know, people just are not aware of these issues. So as we define what is harmful dance, what is healthy dance. I think it helps them. And if you'd like me to, I can sure give you a simplified definition. Let's do that. Hey, um, and, and a lot of times people say, well, I'm not, I don't have a dance background. I don't know how to, I don't know how to tell if it's harmful dance or healthy dance. And so here you go, folks. In healthy dance, which equals educational dance, children look like children dressed in age-appropriate costumes, choreography, and music, usually accompanied by a great sense of joy, in harmful dance, which equals hypersexualized dance. Children look like adults. In adult costumes, choreography, and music, usually accompanied by adult hairstyles and makeup. And then, of course, I should clarify that the word hypersexualized is referring to a toxic sexual environment. So if you look at a child and they look like a child, it's probably healthy dance. If you look at a child and they look like an adult, a mini adult, because we blurred the lines between childhood and adulthood because internet, media, pornography, and uh, industry want to make money off yeah. kids at yeah. younger and younger and younger and younger ages. Mm. That is just so. It's pretty awful. It is, but it's makes me mad. Yeah, and I, I, you know, it's interesting. Um, I, I have been so disturbed. That's again my motivation for finding out about dance and uh, setting it up so that people can come and get the free resources. But I do want you to know, as you talk to people, you want to make sure that you talk respectfully and kindly because we live in a polarized culture. And if you start shouting matches, people don't hear you. No. So I, I uh, recommend as you talk with people, you simply focus on research and education. And whether they're Christians or they're not, they're likely to be interested. Um, if, if we shame them and demonize them, they tend to turn their backs and, you know, won't hear it. So uh, that's one thing about dance awareness that I think makes us a little bit unique. We protect children from hypersexualization. We're protecting the art of dance. We're creating free research materials to give adults informed choices so they know the differences between healthy and harmful dance. We engage in respectful conversations so people have some 
time to reflect and think, oh, that's right. If, if the research shows these kinds of outcomes, we need to make changes. And then I also like to communicate the connection between the public health issue of pornography and the hypersexualization of children in dance uh, with bipartisan engagement. So um, we're, we're pulling more, more and more people onto the dance team. I love that because, I mean, we can have, like I have righteous indignation, but that's not going to really uh, foster an actual conversation that could lead to understanding and realizing, you know, that that's right. they were not seeing what the reality was. And just to be able to provide resources that give those statistics and just even your simple, if they look like an adult, we got a problem. I mean, yeah. that is so simple. Well, I have found that is a very simple definition, but it's amazing how many people come back to me and say, you know, thank you so much for that definition. So you don't have to have a dance background to know that if a child looks like a child, it's healthy dance. If a child looks like an adult, it is not. Wow. So tell us about your free resources on danceawareness.com, if you would. I'd love to do that. You know, uh, we have a drop down called resources. <laughs> We're very deep at danceawareness.com. <laughs> you go to resources and you get the drop down. There's a free ebook. It's only 15 pages. Um, what's a new trend in children's dance, how to choose a healthy dance studio, how to avoid a harmful dance studio, and then how to educate a dance studio owner about this with research. Now, I do have to give a shout out and, and, and again say that a lot of dance educators don't want to hypersexualize kids. It's parents that think it's cute. So I have to say it's everybody uh, in the culture there's just a large group of people that don't have a clue. So uh, we have that. Uh, we have a dance newsletter that comes three times a year. We don't inundate you. But I'll tell you that dance newsletter has dance educators like me writing articles and experts from the National Center on Sexual Exploitation Coalition. And they write very uh, deeply and well to educate people on this. Uh, we have research. We have 30-second spots you can send out on your own social media. We have a 20-minute film with me interviewing experts, national experts on this issue about the differences between healthy and harmful dance. Um, we are right now running a campaign called Share Your Dance Story. We have the research that shows the negative outcome for children when they are exposed to adult sexual material, but we want to match that with some real dance stories of um, mostly young people in their 20s who were taking dance and put into a situation of being hypersexualized and have them share their story. So that's happening right now. Uh, in fact, we start interviewing and filming those interviews uh, next month. And so uh, there, there's something for everybody. And by the way, if somebody has a harmful dance story, you can write it and just share it anonymously. So we, uh, we wanna honor people who don't want their name used. Uh, we have a Facebook page. We'd love you to come on and like us, right? Absolutely. And uh, if I could ask your uh, viewers to um, end uh, their listening time with me with a challenge, and the challenge is this. We all feel overwhelmed, right? 
I can't make a change. You can't make a change. So we say, I guess I can't do anything. And that is a lie. Uh, If you share danceawareness.com, these materials, underscoring free, free folks, um, with five to 10 people in your relational world, you're going to make a huge difference. Uh, And you don't even have to uh, speak and talk about it. I mean, we've got trailers that are five minutes that really set uh, this issue out in a very clear way. We have longer ones. I have PowerPoints that you can download. You can give a presentation yourself. So we we try to make it really easy, whether it's a newsletter, an ebook, uh, sharing on social media. And I will tell you about a wonderful thing we're doing. Um, I met a wonderful composer named Steve Seiler. He is the owner of a company called Music That Heals. And he has created uh, a song called She Loves to Move. That's about healthy dance that we'll be releasing in a few months. It's being orchestrated right now and um, professionally done with uh, singers. And and so we're hoping to really lift up healthy dance because it's worship. And then educate people about harmful dance because it's really harmful. Mm. So you're not just ringing the bell saying, okay, everybody needs to be aware you're providing solutions to this problem. Yeah. And uh, I'd love to invite any of your uh, listeners to email me if they have questions. Uh, If they know someone or an organization that uh, they think needs uh, to be connected to me, I'd appreciate if you email me and let me know about that. I am very open to sharing this message because I want to protect kids. Absolutely. So the best place to then find you, let's say social media or online, tell us where you're at, where you're most active. Um, Danceawareness.com, Mary at danceawareness.com. And then Facebook. You can easily go to our Facebook page. You can message me, but um, I'll I'll answer you if you email me on Mary at danceawareness.com. So I, I would look forward to hearing from people that have listened here. Well, and I just love, I mean, as I think through, you've got some young women who have come out the other side of this. Uh, I mean, oh, absolutely. God, God and actually, um, I'm on some trafficking groups. I'm writing a chapter in a new trafficking book that will be released in uh, September, uh, Voices Against Trafficking. See, dance is a portal. Yes. Uh, to groom children to be open and available to all these abusive outcomes, but also to be trafficked and yep. misused yep. Um, in the porn industry. So, um, you know, it's it, it's uh, just something we we all need to be aware of and uh, step up to the plate. Absolutely, and I love how God is using your experience and which is healthy, all, healthy dance. Yes to expose the dangers and to actually provide a solution. And that's, that's, that's restoration. God is bringing restoration as you like shine the light on what it really is. And we all know as Christians uh, that that's God's, you know, his purpose and what he does with us. He takes the inside out part and transforms it. And so uh, it's a joy to see that. 
And Satan misuses all the gifts. Well, and absolutely. And real, and in reality, he's the enemy of, on this whole thing. We're not fighting right. against flesh and blood. Right. It's principalities, powers, rulers of You're darkness. Exactly so right. It's that's where we have to, like when we have a, when we actually have a conversation, realize, okay, this is the enemy at work. I do not need to, you know, get all up in this person's face and shame them about what they're right. allowing in their child's life or whatever. It's understanding this is the enemy and we have everything we need to fight that battle and because yeah. he's already victorious. And John 10, 10 says a thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. And he is real good at it, but God's real good at redeeming. Amen. Well, <laughs> Mary, thank you so much for being with us today. It has been a joy just to hear your journey and hear how God is using you in this ministry. We support you 100% and just God's Great. blessing on your ministry. Thank you so much. So thanks for joining us today on the Redeemed and Restored podcast brought to you by Athena Dean Holtz and the Romans 828 Bookstore, a division of Redemption Press. I'd love to have you review and share this podcast with friends, family, and others who could use the encouragement. And be sure to check out my YouTube channel at Athena Dean Holtz for more tips and tools to help you find the faithfulness of God. So thanks for joining us today. See you next week for another episode of Redeemed and Restored.